Welcome to CPG Vibes. No script, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for CPG Vibes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. If you'd like to sponsor our show with your product or service or be a guest, email us at cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. Now your hosts, me, Alex Bear with Genius Juice and Wade Yeti. All right, welcome to episode 86 of CPG Vibes. How's it going, everyone? We apologize for this the late start time today. Uh, you know, just to, you know, Wade with his Guru Energy shirt, a lot of energy today, I can already tell. How you doing, brother? You know what, that's, that's terrific uh, intro because the first comment outside of my own that I see there is from Dima. So Dima, this was not planned. You're welcome. This is a free uh, a plug for Guru there. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing good, buddy. How you doing? Everything's good, man. I mean, besides just, uh, you know, we'll talk about in the later half of the show once we bring on our guest after we, you know, our, we have our guest on then we're going to catch about some other items, but a lot of traveling, uh, Expo East, um, discussions on LinkedIn about the viability of Expo West, which has been a really hot topic. You know, is it worth going? Is it not? Is it worth exhibiting? Is it not? And uh, and then, you know, we had a bunch of events for the shots as well, which was fun. These are the genius shots. And I, you know, for those that don't know, I'm the brand Genius Juice and uh, some cool feedback and great sales from our shots out in the community. So lots to talk about. Um, but we skipped last week, uh, as mentioned, because of Expo East. And now we are back. So. We're going to speed things right along because the the every second we spend talking about ourselves, we take away one second from bringing our guest on. So let's bring. So and one thing just to note, too, is that uh, originally, right, um, uh, when we first advertised the show uh, a day or two ago, uh, Aaron Hindi, right, one of the um, co-founders of uh, Life Aid Beverage, um, he was going to come on. He had a scheduling conflict that was basically impossible to get out of. So um, he gladly was able to connect us with their CMO, Emily Somariva, who's uh, decorated past and CPG. She is super knowledgeable about Life Aid. So I think like, you know, we're still obviously very honored and grateful to have her on the show. And so we're going to bring her on right now and let's get some music going i'm gonna do acoustic cinematic whatever that sounds like did we tell emily she had to dance her way into the show i don't, I don't remember if we we briefed her on that was that it was that a thing or not that was not a thing but you just okay. made it a thing <laughs> so there we go it's a new nice. regular no script just chat we just made up a new rule but uh, dancing optional only if you want to emily but here we go emily Summeriva. And there you go. There you go. I like it. I love <laughs> you it. You got to be right? No. Excellent. Well, that's Excellent. the beauty of, of marketing, the beauty of our industry is you got to kind of roll with the punches. And uh, thanks for being adaptive and letting me uh, work with and for Aaron in this capacity with you guys. So it's an honor and a privilege to join you today. Well, Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm a marketing and sales guy myself. So it's actually really cool to have you on because I want to hear I love to hear the brand story from the marketing side, how you get people to buy it, the packaging, what kind of marketing initiatives you put forth to get people to see the product and buy it. So, um, but first off, tell us about yourself, 
where you reside. And by the way, that whether that's a, a, a digital image behind you or real, that's pretty well that's pretty well set up back there. No, that's great. And that's part of the what is it? It's not work from home, it's home at work environment that I've had to uh, curate, right? Because that's the way a lot of us are now. Um, feeling like this is a sanctuary, but it's also a place of business. So exactly. If you can consult me and Wade on having better because right now my background is a mirror, which looks like crap. And then Wade's is- It's a clean mirror. It's a clean mirror. There's not handprints on it. So we've got- I, I, I've got some decent art back here. Your, yours is not as bad, but yours is not not as good as Emily's. For I sure. was going to say, if, if I was a little closer, I might challenge Emily on that because I've got Chris, <laughs> I've got Chris Farley band down by the river. I've got the uh, Cavs 2016 NBA championship cornhole board. I've got a poster of David Blaine. I've got- Beck and Spoon. I've got it all covered back here. You just can't see it because I'm too far away. That's exactly. Yeah, you got to like bring, uh, maybe take a picture of your wall and then make a digital mm -hmm. image and bring it closer. That's, That's a good you know. thought. I might do anyway. that for next week. I might. Yeah. Yeah. You got the energy now and it would go exactly. room, so. right on. So anyway, as much as we love Dima and as much as we love Guru, I have to, it's late in the afternoon for us on the West Coast, but <laughs> seriously with the Clean energy, great acai, so. Yeah, I saw that on your website. That was like the can opening that was heard around the world. That was that was super loud. Um, so tell us about yourself. Where are you from? How did you get in the space? And then, uh, yeah, does anything want to share on the show? Yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it somewhat succinct because I'm sure, like all of us, we could probably go down rabbit holes of the ways yeah. our paths have led us to where we are today. Uh, sure. For me, uh, born and raised in the bottom corner of the States, which is in Florida, finished up there, got a degree, moved up to the Northeast, you know, trying to stomp and pave my way and do big things as a lot of us found ourselves um, looking for your bowls to swim in and ended up in the advertising and marketing space, looking for a really cool, at the time, upstart brand who had in their background, I uh, was gyro marketing at the time, uh, now QCM Mercantile. Uh, they had really spent their genesis of marketing, building brands for William Grant and Sons, um, doing a lot of work in the tobacco space, uh, had a lot of other clients, even in the um, places that maybe had been more in the vice area of advertising and marketing, and was right at that cusp where uh, things and regulations became a lot more restrictive. Um, you guys can remember a lot of the work that happened with the camel and lawsuits, you know, as far as print and traditional, you know, this is prior to us having so much fun spending our ad dollars on Meta, right? Um, and then from there, um, went into the brand space, working for William Grant & Sons as part of the acquisition of the Sailor Jerry brand. And at that time, it really was uh, an outlier, part of the um, the smaller set punching up to brands that, you know, with Diageo and Captain Morgan, who were throwing around dollars that were incomparable or unfathomable to us doing a lot of grassroots marketing, a lot of um, investments in niche spaces, which has been a through line uh, of my career professionally is finding brands that have really found themselves in strongholds um, in their areas of expertise, both in marketing and in their uh, channels of business and distribution. From there, worked uh, with Sailor Jerry for a number of years, saw some tremendous growth, uh, was with them as we expanded globally through the William Grant & Sons distribution platform and network, um, had a lot of fun, probably a lot of, maybe too much fun for a while, uh, as you could imagine, in the spirits space. 
uh, and then ended up back in the agency serving brand space again. I uh, was very fortunate to work with um, the Malvin group. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are into golf, but uh, Stephen is the founder. A little of, bit. Yep. So Malvin Golf Area. Um, he's, you know, really we had some really good stuff with them working for brands like Scion, which was a very niche youth marketing uh, of the Toyota Lexus Motorcore group uh, and have an incredible opportunity to work with artists, um, work on budgets that were automotive um, in nature, which were sizable, but also with a lot less performance marketing uh, attached to them. So really uh, cutting my teeth on big advertising buys, um, niche ways we were working with artists and really that that time, which was a, a really wonderful learning curve. And then from there, still servicing the spirits world from the agency's side and ended up working with one of their sister agencies, which was uh, no longer a team, but um, his background, Matt Costa and Brian Alper, really great guys. They were doing work with a little brand called Life Aid. And it was friends from Matt's early days. Uh, they needed some seed money. They were just putting their pieces together. Matt was doing uh, promo and you know pro bono work on the marketing side, working on social media, working on the you know digital advertising space, getting some of their experiential done for Life Aid for Aaron Hind. I had to get a name correction in there. Hind, yes, viewers, that's right. And Orion Malahan. And so those two guys were um, you know about 10, 11 years ago now. I think it might be then. They were really in that upstart side. Um, had the great idea. Had the the platform to do it needed the money, started grinding it out, grinding it out. And unlike a lot of the other beverages that start in this space, as you guys know firsthand, what you know, the drop-off rate is worse than any other industry, probably worse than a restaurant, you know, if you could, and made it through. Um, we're now in our 10th, 11th year. We are so thrilled and honored to have a incredibly sticky book of business, both for our direct-to-consumer customers, our gym customers, our resellers, as well as the retail space, which I know, um, you know, you guys have a lot of uh, experience in uh, with Fresh Time and, you know, Fresh Market. So we are really in a, a point in our business at LifeAid, which I have now been with them as their chief marketing officer for about seven years. Um, at an inflection point of the business, and as a lot of the other guests on CPG Vibes have alluded to, you know, it's grow at all costs and now come back to your roots and find out where you're winning, continue to press in that space, work with retailers that want to work with you, find those areas of marketing that are truly performance and letting that flywheel spin. So long monologue, hope there was some things in there you guys could pull out and uh, going to be as much of an open book as I can be on how we're really growing and seeing success at LifeAid. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, and part of the show too is uh, what, what, are the, what are the takeaways, right? What are the takeaways from all the, the viewers and the community and what can they learn from, you know, uh, the life aid story? And I think that's where we love to bring value to the community. Plus, you know, hearing your story and where you've come from going, coming, you know, your past going to, to light, to life aid and, and so forth. But when looking at it, you know, we're looking at a brand that is now 10 or 11 years old. Uh, most beverage owners dream, you know, it's, it's like a distant dream to last in this business right. for 10 years. So like from being with the company nearly seven years of the 10 to 11 years that LifeAid has been around, <clears throat> what have been some of the key things that you've done um, to number one, survive, number one, number two, 
grow can stay around. And then now that you're in 10 or 11 years, I imagine also there's probably investors. So what are you, um, cause there's brand owners that listen on the show that are also have investors and they're, you know, they're waiting for a return or an exit or something. What, how have you been, have you, how have you been handling the investor relationships? And maybe that's more of a question for Aaron or maybe both of you Yeah. when it's a company that just is, is continuing is growing 10, 11 years in, um, how has that discussion changed with investors? And then just any like tips or sharings with our community on like, what have you done for pivoting and skew rationalization and really finding your balance after all these years? Like it's a long, long question, but <laughs> yeah. I'm taking notes. I think there's a lot of areas that we can unpack it, you know, one time or the other. Um, I'm going to start with the, the answer as far as the investors. And I'm going to give you just a top level answer, which is the the way that our environment is right now isn't just that growth, growth, growth. The answer is how close could you be to profitability? And am I willing to give up liquid death size growth, at, but I'm, I'm not going to be losing $60 million a month to do it, right? So I want to, I want to challenge us. I want to challenge people in the CPG space to talk about it's not just that growth at all costs. It's not just watching Meta run away with cat costs. It's us getting control of our business again. It's all of us being opened and you know accessible to the ideas of looking at our worst case scenarios. Where do we have the weakness? Not just looking for good news, but finding I can find good news in bad news, right? And that I think is where the paradigm shift is happening for us to answer your question, go to a board of directors call, go to back to our investors and say, it's not just about record growth, record ACV, record VPO, it's sustainability and doing it without spending all of your money and our money to do so. So, I mean, that's what I would like to hear if I had my money parked, especially in the CPG space where money is hard to find right now. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, and add to it as well, just from a founder perspective as well, and, and that, you know, um, it is the long game and the long game could be very, very long. And one thing that we have told investors in the past is like, this may not happen in three to five years. Like you see, you know, with other brands that have done this to get to 50 million, a hundred million, every brand goes at, at their own speed. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing is to make the right decisions to survive and last versus just burning out fast, burning the candles from both ends and then running out of money. And an ending, and and there's been so many companies that have been VC backed that have done that. Like you've seen them wait, and you know uh, Emily, you've seen it. People on the show have seen it. They've been around five years, six years, and their first year they're small. Their second, third year they get the VC money or big money, and then they're just growing rapidly in, in the third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, mm-hmm. and then like on the seventh year, you're like, where the hell are they? They just you know they disappeared. So there's definitely something to say there where you got to go slow and not get pressured by investors if it's not the right thing for the brand and the company. And I feel too that it's timing as well. Mm-hmm. Some brands get the right timing where they go from zero to hundred million within three years or four years, but that's like not the norm. Most of it is just making the right decisions. Like we talked about being profitable, going in the right stores and being strategic. So how, how have you guys been strategic? Let's say in the last, let's say the last three years to say, here's what we're going to do. And here's what we're not going to do to 
ensure that the company stays healthy. Well, let's circle back around to one of your questions about skew rationalization. Let's yes. talk about what it is that we're putting to have a market match, you know, perfect meet and making sure that we're meeting the customers with quality products that meet their need occasion. Uh, we have a platform and our book of business is centered around a brand called FitAid. That is our workhorse for the LifeAid portfolio. And it is the one that has uh, the most... Um, you know, fervent and an incredible audience of people who have found it to be impactful in their lives, both for recovery. For us in the last couple of years, we towed the line for a long time to enter into the caffeine space. We know what sells. We, we saw plenty of spins reports to know where there was record growth, where there was, you know, rocket ship brands in the same space and 12 ounce slim cans, Alani News, and of course our favorites, you know, along the line, maybe some of them not as naturally sweetened as ours, but we knew that there would be an opportunity and it took a little time for us to innovate in that area, taking the time to do it right, finding the sweet spot that we would have immediate adoption with the audience that we had. So that was one of the ways that we found innovation to help lead us into both marketing decisions and channels that we otherwise might not have gone into, see stores, clean energy uh, sets that are expanding across the U.S. Um, in the U.S. market alone, and, and I think that this is you know, a perfect time to really think about what consumers are demanding, sets have changed. You know, where there used to be two aisles of two liters, we now find these functional fitness areas or these you know, enhanced waters, you know, much greater volumes than we've ever seen. That competition, that other expansion in those spaces, even if there are others who are trying to be fit aid, uh, allowed us to open up more doors at retail to become much more accessible to new to file for direct to consumer. Going into the energy space, we went in with multiple flavors. That's usually not the way a lot of other brands would innovate in a uh, skew assortment. I see you're just launching one of your, you know, your shots. I mean, how many flavors did you go in with? to start that, right? Like, did you have that decision yourself to say, okay, I want to go in with many, I want to go in with few. And what would that mean for you in your inventory, your supply chain, you know, those pieces of the business? Um, mm -hmm. And I'd love, I mean, feel free to interrupt, but I didn't want to just be on a soapbox. But the, um, the other side of the energy innovation was also us taking a hard look and say, are our, it's great to have a brand block. Let's talk about retail first, right? You know, it's great to have a brand block. It's great to have five, six facings. And, you know, I see that we've got someone who was, you know, Sean was at Publix. We had incredible facings at Publix. But what was the worst performing skew doing for us at that retailer? Was it just a feel good to have it there? Could we do a swap? Did it make more sense to invest in, you know, a skew that was performing greater? A um, couple of things that we talked about there, whether it's the innovation itself or being able to make hard decisions about what SKUs are on shelf uh, really did make big changes for us the way we were treating that channel, if you will, the retail channel. Um, I'll let, you know, you can jump in there, but the growth strategy for direct or the growth strategy for our uh, gym channel resellers was very different than that. We had to take those hard looks at what was it truly costing us to acquire these? Are we okay with bringing in 20% less new to file, but saving 40 to 50% in ad costs. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was that, it was that balance. And that was, um, to us, 
why we didn't peter out and why we are still going strong and why I am more thrilled than ever to see Life Aid in 24 um, and the work that we're doing for our three, six years. So, yeah. Excellent. I hope that Excellent. answers some of those questions. I mean, I no, I, I think that's great. And, and I was going to say, I wanted to follow up a little bit, Emily, and um, with, you know, looking at it from a retail perspective, I think Alex, Alex touched on, you know, the evolution with, you know, how things have changed over the last couple of years. And, and you obviously touched on it as well. But one of the things I want to know, like, um, you know, coming at it from a retail perspective, uh, if you were walking into, um, let's just call it a, a average store size, let's say 30,000 square foot store mm -hmm. today that you don't currently have presence in, what would your playbook look like as far as, you know, obviously, you want to get you, you, you touched a little bit on it as far as you know skew rat and whatnot, but but right. what would ideally today now getting in a new box? What would that look like? How many skews do you think is ideal, and why do you think that number is ideal? I'm going to challenge you from where I sit on the marketing side of it, which is okay. what is what is the cost going to be to be in there? What's my slotting? What's my you know, what's my investment that I'm going to need to make to make sure it works at your retail location? Because I think nowadays that's where we're falling in the trap is that a, any outlet, whether it's a C store, a health food store or a, another you know big chain that we're honored to be in, it can be a trap and a slippery slope to just say, I want those facings and I want the SKUs I want to perform there. So I would... I would tell you that that's really been one of the ways that we've changed our business and the way that we've come to that exact scenario and run it on paper. ROAS calculations. Does it make sense to be in Jimmy's? Does it run, you know, sense? And where do we know we will win? Because I don't need to just have cans on shelf. I need them to move. Right. Yep, and exactly. where, where do you see yourself winning right now? What, what is your, you know, outside of, outside of DTC, what is your, you know, if you were building, building a retailer from the ground up, what, what does the retailer look like? Is it convenience? Is it conventional? Is it natural? Mm -hmm. um, what does it look like as far as what do you see as the right fit for your product? Yeah, I, I think we are still very much in that natural space. And I think that we are, and a lot of the other brands that are of that same ilk, a lot of us who decided to not attend Expo East and are questioning Expo West, as you guys will discuss further, um, you know, we're looking at that saying, I know that I'm not going to need to convince someone to get off a 40 you know, grams of sugar drink. I'm not going to have to convince someone, but we are, we are doing so well in Sprouts. We are doing so well in you know areas where we see um you know fresh market that we have adoption and the facing is doing the job for me because we have people who are looking at labels we are still in a time where you know putting on the can clean caffeine really matters and where those sugar sources come from matter um, we have taken that opportunity in the past to be in some very big chains um, I would still say, I mean, Whole Foods is a, a beast for us. It's because we know that those are the shoppers that are ready to have that. We have not, and I think this is a perfectly fair statement to say, whether my bosses or anyone else on the call, we have not crossed that chasm, as you guys have probably picked up in those books. You know, we have not gone from completely core to more. And I believe that that is what our vision is for that brand is to 
absorb as many people as we can in the whole foods, in the sprouts, in the, you know, up and down mom and pop clean grocery that do migrate out and they will create demand signals that it's not just about us doing dealer, you know, meetings and having our unify KE buyers, you know, knock on every door, but the doors are going to start coming to us. And I believe that's there because I see what's happening in the e-commerce space. I see what's happening in our direct to consumer business. Those are no different shoppers than the people who do go into, um, you know, HEB and they will demand and continue to pull those products off the shelf. Yeah. It's really knowing where your product belongs and where it should go into and it's product market fit. And I, if I had to, you know, on one hand list, the reasons why companies go out of business. I mean, uh, one is, uh, the products just not a great product. It doesn't taste great or the benefits aren't there or it's not the right people just don't want it. Right. You know, like there was, I remember bone broth, you know, <laughs> water or whatever, like, yeah, it's healthy, but who the hell wants to drink bone broth? There's certain ones that do well, but like, I remember like a $5 one that launched in SoCal, it just didn't do well. But the, the key reason beyond just running out of money is making the wrong, not the, be, not the best decisions for the brand mm -hmm. um, on where the product should go. And a lot of entrepreneurs and what I just, the gems that you're sharing and, you know, that, that I can really highlight is that a lot of companies make decisions to serve the revenue. Oh, I want to get in. And they put the brand and the viability and the financial viability of the brand, like, and the company last for the growth, for new SKUs. Mm -hmm. Part of it's a little bit of vanity, right? It's cool to see six flavors lined up, you know, with the logo no, versus- no good telling people I'm at every feel, single place. I mean, there's, there is- Feels good. There, there's the hype, you know, the LinkedIn. Plus, you know, you might get some additional investment if you get investors excited that you're in more stores. But I think what, you know, you're saying, Emily, and what the takeaway that I have and others I think are having is this disciplined approach to just- go where you know it's going to sell, look at the return on investment and be very, very careful. And that's why, I mean, that is the main reason beyond having a great team, you know, you being on the team, Aaron, you know, as, as another visionary on the team, why you're still around, you know, 10, 11 years later. I mean, Wade, if there was a thousand food and beverage companies over 11 years, just take random companies of different revenues, like they, they just start thousand okay. beverage and food and be like it's called beverage companies how many of those would last 10 years or more do you think i mean uh, that's <laughs> rough well i, I, would, I, I think, would say i would say like less than 10. well i was gonna say the other the other the other thing that i would point out is is that they're still still um their own brand right they haven't sold they're not they're not yeah. a conglomerate with you know mm -hmm. a pepsi a coke uh, one of the big boys, right. Haven't swallowed them up. And I think, you know, not that that won't happen. I mean, you know, not, you know, it, it, I, I mean, but 10 years in, if you're still around more often than not, it's because you've been acquired by someone larger than you, you know, as far as, as far as that goes, I mean, cause that's certainly, you know, uh, whether, whether intentional or not, that's, that's certainly something that happens quite a bit in the space. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is a rarity to be honest, like it's a rarity to see, a brand like Life A that you can still find on the shelves, right? It's still well represented in the stores that you're that you want to be in. Uh, you're in business. You haven't been bought by anyone, to, to my knowledge, right? Or majority stake. No one owns a majority stake, uh, like a vice, like a private equity. And you're still doing what you're doing and making decisions in house on where this product goes and still innovating. That 
I think that's that's the rare of the rare of the rare. And so like the takeaway is like, how the hell did you guys do it? Like what were some, and then you've already shared some of these gems. I wanted to ask another, so those things for our community to think about, right? And honestly, this is a great model to work off of what they have done. Um, so I wanted to ask, you know, and, and I brought this up and I always toot my own horn in a little bit uh, away, is that with our shots or genius shots, we really focused on, we're focusing on coffee shops. We, we want to go outside of that and go to natural stores, which we're doing. But we find that the consumer gets it in a coffee shop. The velocities are higher. Have you found, I mean, from your, from what you shared about distribution, the natural stores, right? And D2C and gyms. I mean, I guess that might be the answer is what is, is it gyms or what is like that kind of food service or not natural segment that you've been focusing on that has actually done really well for your brand? Yeah, I think for me and for us over the last couple of years, which is really informing that decision, it has been to focus on the product, to focus on the end consumer. And we are in a position where we have direct sales, which a lot of other beverage brands don't. And so that's allowed us to get something which we come back to, and I know I've mentioned in the past, which is data and understanding our customers, understanding where they are, understanding what they're buying in cart, you know, when they're buying other products in our you know, portfolio, a lot of it will come back to the consumer and even to um, watch them on consumer. Uh, on Amazon, right? You know, even consumers on Amazon helping to inform some of those decisions in that general e-commerce space. Uh, we went through a shift, all of us did, right, where we became a lot more comfortable buying things online. The Life Aid brand, and one of the things that Aaron and Orion did, which I believe was one of the early, you know, brands to do so, was to build an entire business model digitally. Uh, their direct-to-consumer business is where uh, they put a, a runway for them to be able to afford to go into retail, which is very expensive, to hire the kinds of people that would help them propel with, you know, big other efforts as they go, you know, step by step by step. And that runway that they put together through direct-to-consumer and direct-to-gyms and direct-to-resellers, okay, really gave us a wealth of knowledge that we still learn from today. You know, taking every decision that we're making, every dollar that we spend to see dollars come back on direct conversion is informing a lot for us so that we can excel in those other channels. And there are not a lot of other brands that have the infrastructure, that have the distribution model, that have the three PLs and the logistics teams and the, you know, the ways that they can continue to succeed there. So I think that that is a um, something that Aaron and Orion did very well to position themselves continuously um, iterating and looking at the data to make informed decisions um, to those other channels that you mentioned. And it sounds like what's cool is you have some direct business, you know, with the gyms or other resellers, right. which is a whole other revenue stream. And again, that's what I was thinking, like, even before you said it was just fit aid and that being your number one skew, I believe, right? It is. Yeah. Um, just gyms. It just makes a lot of, it just makes perfect sense. Have you made entryways into the more national gyms or is it more of like the mom and pop kind of individually owned or both? Yeah, that's, and that's a great question. So we really do have a lot of different places in the fitness community. Uh, and a lot of those, even just outside of fitness, right. You know, looking at chiropractic, looking at independent decision makers who are able to become brand fanatics themselves. 
I know I'm steering it back to consumers, but you're not just buying Fit Aid because it's going to sell well. You could find some other shit to put in your store that'll sell well, and it's probably not as good for you. But I can guarantee you if I can find converts who themselves will pull cans out of the fridge, whether they're you know selling ice baths or they're selling functional fitness, if they believe in the product and they see it good for their members, the health of their members will bring in more people, will sell more cans. And it is a halo for us too, uh, to continue to, like I said at the beginning, that flywheel keep on spinning of finding repeat purchasers, building a online platform that is uh, subscription based. I have monthly deliveries going out to, you know, tens of thousands of you know, people throughout you know, the world right now because they are now incorporating our products because they believe in them. They are good, clean and delicious into their everyday routines. And that is that cycle that whether it is in the fitness space, yes, FitAid has its natural home there, but those people are also looking for use occasions for focus. You know exactly what a nootropic uh, buyer looks like. You don't, I don't have the opportunity to explain to someone what a nootropic is. I need someone who has the ability to understand what vitamins and nutrients are for brain health to be able to sell them focus aid. Um, so that when they go to Whole Foods and they see us in the set, they may have gone in for Fit Aid, but now they see Focus Aid and they become just part of that daily habit. As you are picking up too, you know, from your coffee shop endeavors, you know, you're getting people to believe in and buy into this as a habit and a pattern, just like they would with a cup of coffee. Exactly, and the areas right. too, and where it should be sold, like a Venice coffee shop versus, uh, and you know, people may. Probably will know nootropics better in Venice than, let's say, Riverside. Not to say people don't know it in Riverside. But um, so we're um, running short on time. We want to have another five or six minutes uh, where me and Wade go over some other items. So before uh, we bid you adieu, there's going to be a giveaway, right? And we're going to have a, is it a case? We can do one case of the. Let's do, I'm feeling generous. It's Friday. We are vibing. Let's do. Three cases. Three cases. Brand new, new Fit Aid Energy Grape Acai. Okay, three cases. Great. Okay, mm -hmm. that's that's super generous of you. And so, so one for Alex, one for Wade, and one for the winner. No, I'm just let's, yeah, let's absolutely. Pick, yeah, I was gonna say pick three. I got on the show. I offered yeah, you guys. Yeah, excited. <laughs> let's do that. So let's do All that. Right. I, I love okay. that. We got to give back to the hosts at some point, right? There you go. So uh, we're working for peanuts here. So yeah, Emily, what we usually do is we ask a question on something that we've covered or you've covered in this case uh, during the course of the episode. So uh, think about what we've talked about a little bit. Uh, is there something you can come up with a question, you know, something you've, you've talked about the brand or yourself uh, that you can throw out there for our, our listeners to uh, chime in on and win the uh, case of Fit Aid. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, so it's got to mm -hmm. be a really hard question. You got, they got to work hard for the great. <laughs> well, if I imparted anything from this conversation about um, us together, I do want to say what would be more important than growth at all costs? And I think it's a one word answer. Um, and I think it has six letters. <laughs> All right. Well, and I'll, and I'll I'll just go in there and say that usually there's a little bit of a delay before it comes up. So I'm going to make sure we put your plug in there again to, to make sure everyone knows who you are and, and who you're with. And we certainly appreciate your time and, and just watch for the uh, delay here as answers eventually come in. There's a little bit there. Um, so let's see. 
Yeah, it'll come in. Someone's going to yeah. nail but this. Either, either way, I, I do want to thank you guys. I think these are wonderful questions, the things that people, you know, at least worked for us. And I, I can't wait to see how. Yep, Martin got it. There uh, it is. <laughs> it's one of our regular regular uh, participants, Martin Stoops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Martin. Well, I'm I'm honored, and I really appreciate uh, not only the the wonderful people who have commented. I see Stephanie, Sean, uh, Scott, Brian. You know, thank you guys all, Martin. Um, really, really honored to be with you guys and and share some some fun conversations about something that I'm very passionate about, and I know you two are as well. So absolutely, and uh, this will not be the uh, the last episode with Life Aid on here. You know, whether we would love to bring you back because this was a, a shorter episode. You know, because of uh, just not starting on time on, on my side. That was our bad. And, um, and then also, you know, Aaron as well and hearing his story. So we'd love to bring one of you back or both of you back, um, in a future episode. Cause I think there's more to the story and, uh, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, totally honored. Thank you again. Um, have a wonderful Friday and, uh, looking forward to speaking with you guys. Great. Again. Thanks so much, Emily. Thanks, Take Emily. Care. Bye. All right. So, we have about four minutes or five minutes. I'd like to mention just a couple uh, laundry list items here. So uh, we have um, some sponsorships that are going that are opening up. We have the next few weeks that are booked, um, but we do have uh, some opening up in late October and November. So make sure to email cpgvibes100 at gmail.com for that. We're offering a discount at $350. Um, and we've had past sponsors get multiple people reach out. You also have a winner that will definitely be reaching out to you and you can hopefully get them as a client. Really ideal if you offer, you know, product, product, good, even a service, right? If you offer, uh, whether it's a freight service, whether it's consulting, um, all you need is one CPG brand that wants to hire you and really can get value from what you offer and it'll easily pay off whatever you're paying the show to sponsor. You're, you're basically paying for me and Wade to continue keeping the lights on and keeping the show uh, going. Other thing to mention for guests. So we have some openings starting in, in 2024. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. And uh, five multi, I was going to say it's a multifunctional email there. So you see it's for sponsors, for guests, Martin for your prize. You know the drill. That's uh that's the way to get get in touch with us. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and well while, while we're just giving slight plugs, we will talk about next week's episode real quick because I know we we just have a few minutes left. But uh, next week's episode we'll have David Delcourt with Gronus Foods um, as a guest on the show. So you know and sponsor and, and, and I have a and a sponsor and and I'm feeling like if if you know if you're a betting person, I think uh, it's a relatively safe bet that he'll be wearing yellow next week. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I guess uh, I, I can make a joke, but yes, he's going to be wearing a tracksuit. It's most likely going to be yellow because that's on brand for him and that's what he does. So he's the, he has the, he, call, he calls it the Kill Bill tracksuit. So he'll be wearing that. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he also has, just want to mention this, I, I, I won't put in the address yet, but he has a crowdfunding campaign that also just launched this week. We'll be talking about that next week for sure. Um, we'll definitely be talking about that. I'm going to be posting a link either over the weekend or on Monday because uh, I've been consulting him, right? Which is great. He retained my services. Uh, I should say are, but it's really me right now, just helping. And so we built the campaign page together and he launched it and uh, it's looking really good. He's already raised 
$75,000 in the first week. So really, really awesome. So look out for that link and then you can invest in uh, grown as foods. And, you know, I know we're out of time here, but. Um, well, and, you know, I was going to say, we, we, you know, one of the things we want to talk about was Expo, but David would yeah, be we a good, time. Yeah. good person to talk about that with next week. Uh, totally. You know, as, as, far as, as far as that goes. But I do, there's two things that I want to touch on sure. uh, before we go. Uh, one is, I, I know we're going to talk about stuff we love, but. Um, I'm going to I'm going to segue you into talking about our ongoing sponsor, because uh, I know a lot of you saw my post this week uh, with regards to a masterclass coming up with V Driven, right, who is our ongoing sponsor. And they're doing a masterclass with regards to distribution management this week, uh, this coming week, um, next week. And the link is right here. It's free. Um, so if you've wondered about uh, v driven, you know, Alex and I talk about Luke Abbott, V driven, the team there every week and all the, all the great stuff they do, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's distribution, whether it's sales, whether it's uh, deduction management, you name it, uh, operations, Luke, Luke Abbott and the team at V driven, V driven.com can handle it. Uh, but this event, this link that you see right here, it's completely free. So if you've thought about it, you've heard us talk about it. What do, what do these guys talk about? Why are they always talking about Luke Abbott and V driven? Sign up for this. It's completely free. And they're going to talk about ways to handle distribution, ways to handle deductions, things like that. It costs zero. So sign up for it. Check them out. And, and you'll see what the hype's about. And, and it won't cost you a penny. So um, I think that's a pretty good plug for Luke and, and the folks at V Driven and what they do. Uh, really, just, just take the time. It, it would be, I think it would be fantastic for you, uh, emerging brands especially. Uh, v driven can be a great service for you. And, and Alex, coincidentally, um, I had a chance, uh, Luke was traveling this way, you know, he's a busy guy. Um, and, but he was over this way this week and, and Renee and I got, got a chance to have dinner with him and Sasha this week. Mm. So it was really cool to nice. catch up with him. It's been a, it actually has been, uh, the last time I saw him was in California, um, when we were there over Christmas. So it was good to catch mm -hmm. up with Luke and hear about some of the stuff they're working on. But, uh, this particular event, um, I, I can't, I can't stress enough that it's, it'd be worth your time an hour of your time to check out. So cool. Yeah. I think you did uh, well said on the uh, sponsorship with V driven and what they actually do for you. And I want to re-highlight the trade spend deduction management fighting deductions, which has become more and more of a hot topic when brands are launching nationally. And then they also do accounting services with some plans starting under a thousand dollars a month where they manage your, basically they put everything in the books. They do the monthly review and they have a, a lot of knowledge, obviously immense knowledge in the CPG space, being a CPG consulting company. And then, you know, one thing I'll mention about Luke, just more on the on, on a character level, is he is, I think, I mean, as far as all the people that I've met in this space, there's there's others that are also amazing. But he is such a giving, he's a spiritual person, he's a giving person, he's a family man, he's hopped on the phone with me numerous times where he's not like, oh, we have to hire us for me to give you advice. Like, no, he's not that kind of guy. And he knows the golden rule. And I'm sure there's another rule. I don't know what it's labeled, but it's the rule of, I guess, karma is the best way to put it. That when you give and you help others and you don't expect anything in return, usually you get things in return because that's how that's how the world works. Right. Absolutely. So that's exactly what V Driven does. He helps and in Luke, he helps others. You could probably email him and he'll probably have a phone call with you and he, whether you hire him or not. 
I, so, I'm not sure if the guy ever sleeps, to be honest with you, because I'll get, you know, it's funny because I, I'm an early riser over here, right, on the yep. East Coast. And it's not unusual for me to get up first thing in the morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock Eastern time. And he's one of the first emails I get. I, I mean, it's incredible. I, it's it's just crazy that, uh, you know, he's he works hard. Um, and, and to your point, he's very genuine, very nice, very has kind. Has a lot yes. of energy, too. Yeah, positive, 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 positive person. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There, you know, Alex and I, uh, we, we don't, we don't throw just anybody out there uh, as far as recommendations go, but, uh, can't, can't say enough about Luke and the team over at V driven. So hundred percent. All right. Well, that is episode 86. And then next week we will be starting on time, two 30, five 30 Eastern. Uh, again, that was my bad. It wasn't really my fault, but I'll just put the blame on me because someone's got to go into the bus and I'll throw myself under. So, but episode 87 is going to be with David Delcourt of Grown Ass Foods. And again, he's going to have a, he has a campaign already running on Republic. We will get you the link. Look out on my LinkedIn and also on CPG Vibes. I'll post it on, on both of them just to give some max exposure since he's fundraising to grow his brand. And uh, again, cpgvibes100 at gmail.com if you'd like to sponsor or be a guest. And then, uh, yeah, make sure to give us five stars. Go on Apple Podcast. We're at 112. We've been stuck. Ah, uh, you're wrong. Is it you're 113? You're wrong. Okay. Now, we'll say this. As of yesterday. Okay. I want to say something before you say the number. Okay, okay. Go for it. Go for it. Is that I went to the Cal Poly, which is my alma mater, Entrepreneurs Club. And I spoke at their uh, at their, the first session of the year. It was 140 students. Okay, and I asked the students. I put it up on the PowerPoint. And it's I used to I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I was in the Entrepreneurs Club. It was much smaller back then. And they bring guests every week. And they decided, being a alumni, they brought me, and I gave them all um, wellness shots. They were disappointing. There were there weren't psychedelic mushrooms in the shots, but that's a different story. So I asked all of them please give me five, give us five stars. And I checked a day later and it was still at 112. This was Tuesday. I checked yesterday or on Wednesday. So I guess it kicked in late. And is it much higher than 112 now? What is it at? So Alex, I'm, I'm proud to say we are at 118. Wow. Okay. We, we got are at 118. So, so here, I'm just going to throw this out there, right? We're out of time, but we're going to, we can go over just, just enough to talk about this. So there's the link. This also is free, much like the V-Driven Masterclass we talked about. Good tie-in. Um, this is free. Yeah, right. It's it's a good tie-in. Um, but you go there. It costs nothing for you just to give the little like box. The heart. I have to look to see what it is. Is, is a heart? Is a like? What is it, Alex? It's a. It's a, just a little. It's just a little thing there. The stars, right? Give us five the stars. stars. It just gives. It, what it does, just for you, those of you that aren't aware, it helps us with algorithms. If people are searching for CPG, if people are looking for podcasts uh, with regards to entrepreneurship and things like that, it just helps us go up the charts for search engines and whatnot. So we are not too proud for you to take your child's, uh, your wife's, your spouse, your whoever, your your parents, take their phone, put podcasts, like it on their phone, like it on your phone, just, just do it, right? I mean, we're not too proud to take it from everyone in your household. Uh, it'll give us more exposure. And our goal is ongoing goal is to stay ahead of our episode count. So currently we're on episode 86. We have 118, uh, 118 five-star reviews. We need to keep that number 118 above 86 because there's it's just too close, right? I mean, it's it's something where that's that's our ongoing goal. So uh, if you could do that for us, like I said, you know, encourage your significant other, 
uh, your your kids, grab their phone when they're in the shower or they're sleeping, what have you. Just steal give someone's that, give phone in public. Yeah, I was going to say, ask <laughs> ask someone to borrow their phone and do it. Just, but kidding aside, though, that's that's what we're looking for. It's just to get more exposure, uh, to grow the community, and just get more people um, more people listening and and just bring attention to the show. Wait, it would be really funny if, uh, you know, you know, sometimes that I, I don't know if you ever experienced this. I know we're running over time here that when there's like a big dinner. Right. And with all your friends, let's say 15, 20 people, there's a basket and you're like, we want to all connect with each other. So put your phone I love in, the, in the basket. We just got to have something where you get the basket, you put the phones in there. I'll be hiding around the corner, maybe like in the bathroom or something. And I'll just go to one of the stalls and take all the ba- all the uh, all the phones and put five stars for all those right. phones. Love it, love yeah, it. I would have to get their passwords though and their face ID, which is a whole nother. Yeah, challenge. we'll have to work that part out. But uh, yeah. that's that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. So <laughs> good stuff. Cool. And then uh, we're already beyond time, but weekend plans really quick. Uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a friend visiting from Ohio uh, that's anxiously awaiting for to go get something to eat, so that's uh that's what I'm up to most of the weekend. Cool. We have a gala tonight cuz it's gala season, you know, September, October, uh, when people start thinking about money. Uh, not our gala. It's not it's not the CPG Vibes gala. It's another gala. And um and then uh playing golf tomorrow, spending time with family on Sunday. So that's that's us. And then still recovering from all the traveling from last week. There's right. a lot of, lot of traveling. And we'll touch on that next week for sure. Absolutely. All right. Excellent. Thanks, everyone. Love you, brother. Great Love episode. You, Thanks, everyone, for all your support. Take good care.